With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hello, everybody, lovely fans of the Garden State of Hockey and of the New Jersey Devils. We are back with another episode where the season's in full swing now as the Devils have finally played more than a single game for us to talk about. And while their schedule has been ridiculously favorable so far, we'll get to that a little bit later, um, the Devils find themselves sitting at three and one, having played four times at the Rock and really only showing one dud of a performance so far. So we left off last week. By the way, this is Dan Roselle, joined by John Fisher. Hi, John. Hi, Dan. So we left off last week with the Devils riding high after a Jack Hughes sensational overtime goal and overall performance to start the season. They almost gave it away, but they came back to beat the Blackhawks, who we now know are not a very good team. In fact, they are a very bad team. And so this kind of leaps into what I was talking about with the schedule being particularly favorable for the Devils because they did not play a second game. They had plenty of rest and recovery time before their second contest, which happened last Tuesday against the Seattle Kraken. Uh, a lot of events transpired during that game. I oh, yeah. you in person for the first time, John, that was a pleasure. Um, yes. Uh, but the Devils came away with that game four to two, and there were a lot of close moments there. I'd say Bernier definitely kept them in, um, you know, kept them in the lead for a significant portion of time there in the second period. But it was really the first period that features the key takeaway from this game. And while the Devils did secure the win, uh, they did lose a very important piece in the process as Jack Hughes went down with a was dislocated shoulder or separated shoulder a dislocated shoulder he is Mm -hmm. um so let's take a moment step back first seattle is a very bad team yeah and they decided that instead of drafting a competitive team they decided to draft a bunch of dudes and the coach dave haxtell and his staff said Look at what Dustin Brown does and play like that. And, and this uh, was a schedule win just going into this game. I yeah, just want to mention that because yeah. they had played the night before in Philadelphia and got absolutely drubbed. And this was their fifth game of the season while the Devils were only playing their second. So you look at that in the schedule and you say, okay, all the intangibles are in our favor as well. And in their defense, the Devils really jumped on Seattle quite early. Oh, definitely. The Devils scored two goals fairly early in the game. Uh, Ryan Graves hooked up Thomas Tatar with a dime out of his own zone. And then Tatar hit uh, Dawson Mercer with a saucer pass for uh, Mercer's first NHL goal. Congratulations to the young man uh, getting on the board on a day, on the same day 
that Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer scored their first goals. So coincidence? I think so. Mm-hmm. And then uh, less than two minutes later, Jack Hughes uh, fires a long shot because uh, he's back high up in the offensive zone because Damon Severson is in deep. Uh, Severson wins the puck and gets around Joey Decord to make it 2 nothing. And then... Oh, that's another thing. Bat- they have their backup goalie in. Well, yeah, Seattle, <laughs> well, because they played the night before. And got exactly. Um, and in the meantime, this was, again, a violent game. There was already one fight uh, between McLeod and Brandon Tanev. Uh, there was already um, beef, as it were, lots of boarding calls not being taken away. And then late in the first period, Dan, uh, Jeremy Lazan undercut the legs of Jack Hughes in the corner. And Hughes was effectively slammed onto his shoulder, uh, causing the dislocation. Play stopped. He went off the ice on his own power, but everybody knew he was done for the night and it was going to be bad. Mm-hmm. Um, the Devils um, had to soldier on. Adam Larson, former Devil, helped out the cause by taking a cross-checking penalty late in the period. And Nico Heischer was 0.1 seconds away from getting a power play goal to make it 3 nothing. <laughs> but the puck went in after the clock hit zero. It is what it is. But the violence picked up. The Devils' performance sagged a bit. And then after a successful penalty kill, Riley Shahan made it 2-1. And all of a sudden, you get a little worried. And then a hero emerged. Mm -hmm. Colton White emerged. Colton White on a very nice uh, combination play. This was was a thing of beauty uh, in the Devils' uh, offensive zone. It was White finding a nice, nice seam pass to... uh, Janssen. Janssen. And then Janssen in the middle for VC, who was... Relatively uncovered, and VC just popped it through Decord's uh, legs right in front. There, there's not much you could do about that one, and not much anyone could really do. The Devils, it's rare that you see such a tic-tac-toe play happen from the team in general, but it's even more rare that you see it from those players specifically. Exactly, and it was an important goal because, again, the Devils really were skating like they were in mud for that second period, and getting that goal, restoring the two-goal lead, really helped make things easier. Um, up until a third period that seemingly went on for ever Mm -hmm. all the offsides calls the icing calls uh there was a seattle goal i think taken away on a challenge a successful challenge it it was a snipe where white was actually the one screening yeah um, he was not the hero on the play (laughs) alexander wenberg torch blackwood but but it was discovered that wenberg was offside bernier right yeah it was yeah uh, well, Wenberg took the shot. So. Yeah, Wenberg took the shot and torched Bernier with it uh, yeah. as White got in the way. Not Blackwood, but we'll have more on him later. That's right. what it was. It, <laughs> I, look, the point is, is that <laughs> Blackwood, the was taken away. Miles Wood, all look, of this wood. The Devils were sturdy as wood until they took mm-hmm. another penalty late in the uh, third period. Uh, a Pavel Zaka slash, which led to a Jared McCann uh, goal where uh, Seattle correctly, I think, pulled the cord no, they didn't pull the cord for this one. Nope. Uh, but they did get the power play goal because, you know, McCann was open. Now it's 3-2, but the Devils actually held true. And uh, Zaka redeemed the penalty by scoring the empty net goal for the win, which felt good. First mm-hmm. regulation win. You beat a team you should beat in Seattle. Um, I, I was also happy the game was finally over before 10 p.m. because it was <laughs> not looking that way. Yeah. Uh, and, but the obvious concern was Hughes' status. Um and uh, as we now know, it was not it, it, it could have been worse, but it's still not very good. Well, so there's a famous video going around that some fans took at the game itself where 
I'm going to just phrase it this way. His frustration is quite clear with the situation. You can feel yes. that his confidence was at an all-time high. You can feel that he's ready to break out more than anyone else on the team. You can feel that he created someone, a goal in that game. He yeah. created a goal in that game and was so visibly dominant with the pocket. I mean, no one was even remotely close to touching him in a lot of situations where he had the puck. And this one moment, it wasn't even the hit. The hit itself was not anything. I don't think it was particularly malicious or anything like that. I just think it was a very awkward fall for him. He went basically entire upper body over itself. And as he skated off under his own power, which was encouraging to begin with, you can tell something wasn't quite right. He was holding his shoulder and yeah, there you go. The devils do lose Jack Hughes for um, what is a multi-week recovery period, but the injury could have been much, much, much worse. Just to reiterate, this could have been a broken collarbone, which would have been a true disaster for the trajectory of this season. Not only that, if his shoulder injury did require surgery, that'd be another uh, point of deflation because it would not only extend the recovery time, but it would open the question of, well, how long is it going to take for him to get back into form? Mm -hmm. So again, uh, it's not good news, but it's not the worst news. Um, I would argue that Lausanne should have been given a boarding call for that penalty. Uh, For whatever reason, the the referees decided boarding was not a penalty that they should call in that game, Mm -hmm. but whatever. Um, I would, I would like to point out that Mason Geertsen made his debut in that game. Um, true. He was, he was cited for being there for the threat of retribution should Seattle whom proved to be a very violent team, uh, you know, taking liberties with the devils. I would mm-hmm. like to point out that the Geertsen's threat of retribution is not an actual thing. People who believe that probably think professional wrestling is real. Yeah. And this was also apparent in the next game against the Washington Capitals on Thursday night. Oh, boy. I mean, the, the lineup that was chosen for that game was basically signaling to Tom Wilson that he's gotten into the entire NHL's head um, yeah. as the yeah. Devils iced a smart, significantly worse lineup making choices that you know, without Jack Hughes, you need to find offense from somewhere. And that's not going to come from players like Geertsen or Christian Jaros. And Washington just continued to essentially bully the Devils exactly the same way they had all of last year. Vanacek was, you know, he was sturdy against the Devils as usual. It was not ever particularly close. It was three nothing. um, But by the end of the first period, no, it was um, two nothing by the oh, end of the two? first. Okay. But it was three nothing by halfway through the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're absolutely right that this was a game. This was this was a bad game all the way around. It's starting with the lineup issues uh, again. Lindy Ruff made a big deal before the game, saying this was going to be the most physical game of the year. I would argue this was probably this is probably going to be the least physical game of the year because, mm-hmm. as you said, the Capitals bullied the Devils. But the thing is, when we say bully. Bullying does not necessarily mean physical. You know, you work with kids, Dan. You know that bullying can be just as easily done through actions that aren't necessarily violent. Yes. You know, you could just dominate. And in hockey, you want to be bullies in that sense. You want to dominate play. You want to be able to go wherever you want. You want to be able to just just look at the other team and go, yeah, you're not going to come through here. I'm taking this. Because, mm-hmm. you know, Peter Laviolette put it, put together a great game plan. Their forechecking was good. They, cr- they crammed the neutral zone to deny the uh, Devils um, space on the counterattacks and on rush plays. And in the few times that they did that, the Devils overthought it. Uh, credit to Ruff and his staff for changing up the lineup, but because they went big with the likes of Frederick Cartier and Mason Geertsen again and Christian Yaros, you didn't really have a lot of options. And that led to the very awkward-looking line of Jaeger, Sher- Sharangovich, Mason Geertsen, and Frederick Cartier, which did well. I mean, mm-hmm. I will say that Geertsen and Gautier were not the problems in this game. Yeah. And if there was a positive to take out of this was the fact that they weren't 
actively making the Devils worse. And the special teams showed up for this game for the Devils. But all the way around, like it was very clear, not even 10 minutes into the game, that the Capitals were going to win this one in a walk. And they did. They cruised to a nice 4 1 win, which was tough to watch. And uh, just kind of, and, it, and not only tough to watch, Dan, but it also made get, get you that feeling of, okay, the Devils can beat Chicago and Seattle, but against a real team, mm-hmm. uh, the story's a little different. And it's that kind of thing where, uh, the biggest positive I took out of that game was that they faced Washington one last time for the rest of the year. So (laughs) I I can't imagine seeing them eight times again. Thankfully the schedule has readjusted back to where it was um, before last season. But uh, my God, if there's going to be every contest like that, and that was at home, how they performed, hopefully Lindy Ruff took some lessons from icing a, a big hitting lineup. Because again, the reason that the devils out hit them so much in that game and the reason that out hitting a team usually happens between a team that's very, very good and a team that's not so good is because the team that's not so good is chasing the puck around. Yeah. And so they don't have the puck as much and their bodies are more free to land hits on people. That's just how it works. Please don't get yes. it twisted. Hits mean very, very little. Yeah, especially at the rock because they actually undercount hits quite well. I mean, there was a shift where Mason Geertsen got body checked by Dmitry or Orlov three times. And, you know, I don't think any of them were counted. Uh, I mean, case in, and case in point, like you're expecting the tough stuff to come. You're expecting Tom Wilson to do something stupid or Dmitry Orlov going out of control, but there was only one emotional blow up between Orlov and, you know, the ever fearsome, uh, you know, violence of uh, Andreas Janssen, which they both got a quick, you know, they both got two because the ref was like right there and said, no, 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 we're not doing this. You're going to the box. Yeah. And then late in the game, uh, McLeod took a heavy hit from, uh, oh goodness, what is his name? It's uh, Martin Feherveri. Mm-hmm. Um, so Geertsen gets thrown out on the ice and then he proceeds to cross check somebody who isn't Feherveri down. So good job guys. Um, but at that point, the game was already over. So it, it was nothing, but yeah, this was not the most physical game of the year. Um, even if you put in Marion student each and called up an Alexander Holt or a Jesper Bokefist or somebody else from Utica. Um, I don't think you probably win the game with just the general performances from a lot of the players. Cause this was a bad game from Dougie Hamilton. This was a bad game from Ryan Graves, especially this was a bad game from he Brat and Zaka were invisible. Kwakinen got a power play goal, but that was literally the only thing he did that night. Uh, Sharon Govich got bumped to play with Mason Kiertsen and Frederick yeah. Gautier. Like it was just a bad game all the way around. Mm-hmm. And, and, and just to add further, further struggles, just if you thought this was bad enough, everybody remember Jonathan Bernier picked up an injury apparently in that Seattle game. Yep. So Scott Wedgwood came in for his first start of the season. And I don't think this game was lost because of Scott Wedgwood, but he certainly didn't help them win it. No, he, he, it was one of those cases of the minute you saw Wedgwood's in the lineup and then you see, okay, there's a fourth line of Geertsen, Gautier, and VC, which might be one of the slowest fourth lines we've seen it uh, put together in the last three or four years. Yeah. Um, you're starting to think, yeah, I don't think this night's going to go well, guys. Yeah, th- this was one of those where for every single reason, this was chalked up as a devil's loss and they performed right up to expectations. Um, and, you know, it, it's they have to figure something out against teams like Washington who are in a different echelon than them right now. And, uh, you know, it's hard to gauge how much better the devils responded because um, 
Well, also, I just want to point out about that game. Not only was that Graves and Hamilton's worst games as Devils, that was arguably two of the worst games all season, according to the game score metric on <laughs> Dom Lucesian's uh, model on the athletics. So just yeah. a bad one all around. Um, but then the Devils took on the Buffalo Sabres on Saturday. And Buffalo had started kind of hot, but had been beginning to peter off as they do. And uh, this was the debut for one Nico Dawes, who can't have expected in his wildest dreams to make his debut under these circumstances. But after giving up an early uh, power play goal, which again, the power play or the penalty kill continues to give up one a game, but for the most part, the devils give up so many opportunities that the percentages don't even look all that bad. Um, Yeah. yeah. The first, I will say this was a game of two halves. mm -hmm. Now I will start off by saying Nico Dawes, um, was one of the few players on New Jersey that played well for all three periods. I yeah. was very happy that the Devils got the win for him. Uh, spoiler, the Devils won the game. Um, and he Dawes was did- poised. He was controlled. Yeah. He was, you know, that first goal, it's a, it's a good shot from Cousins that got through. But yeah. but Dawes stopped so many important shots later in the game, breakaways, uh, just yep. wide open opportunities without ever looking like he was panicking in there, which is the Wedgwood experience as far as I've known it. Um, and, and Dawes just really was so impressively composed for his first game in the NHL. Yeah, he had a very good performance. And, you know, even if things went badly, like if we saw the skaters play like they did against Washington and they lost 4-1, it was the sort of performance where you'd go, no, Dawes was not the issue in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the guys in front of the line down. But fortunately, the guys in front of them uh, picked it up after the halfway mark of this game. Because uh, this game was a grind to get through. It was almost like the continuation of the Washington game for throughout the entire first period and the first half of the second period, to be honest with you, where... You know, Buffalo is doing whatever they want. They're taking shots everywhere. Uh, Nico Heischer jams in a puck um, on, on a delayed penalty call. Um, it's ruled as no goal because he pushes the pad in. Lindy Ruff bizarrely decides to challenge it. I didn't know you could <laughs> challenge a no goal call. Mm-hmm. Uh, turns out you can. And if you lose it, you you get you take a delay a game penalty. So the Devils didn't get a power play, which is good, Dan, because in the early part of the second period, the Devils got two straight of them. And both of them were booed off the ice at the Prudential Center for being absolutely <laughs> apparent, um, you know, it, but fortunately, fortunately, Dan, somewhere, I think I want to say after the Devils killed a penalty of their own, mm. the Devils started to attack a lot more. And, the, and, and all of a sudden, this, the, the, the ice started tilting more against Dustin Tokarski and the Buffalo Sabres defense. I want to give credit where it's due for sure. And we, we had the Lindy Ruff blender experience in the Washington game, but here it worked perfectly. Yes. Switching Brat and Tatar made so much of a difference on that first line. And really uh, it looked like Tatar had some nice chemistry going with Heischer and Zaka and Zaka just feels like a weight's been lifted off his shoulders. He's able to skate around, not worry so much about playing center and distributing more setting up to take shots as he would later in the game. Um, You know, spoiler alert again, but you obviously probably already know what happened given that you listened to this, but uh it was really a nice move. And there are some nice combinations made even demoting Sharon Govich to the fourth line was not a bad result. Uh, every line seemed to be clicking much better after those moves. So I, I really want to give him credit where it's due because this was not an easy move to make when the lines had had so much chemistry in preseason in the first couple of games, but every move he made that game worked to a T. 
Yeah. And it, at first, you're, you know, in my opinion, you know, I was very cynical about the game because the Washington game did leave a bad taste in my mouth and Ruff's comments after that game, you know, and then you see, okay, now it's the first period, first half of the second period. You're thinking, okay, Ruff, you said the players have to show up. Well, this is now, you know, a game and a half where the guys didn't show up, coach. What mm-hmm. are you doing? But mm-hmm. to your point, Dan, they did step up and the Devils did get some bad breaks, but it was starting to like show that they were starting to get to better shot locations. They hit what? Example, three posts? Yeah, student each, um, Mary student each, one of the other few devils that actually played well for all three periods drove to the net, uh, gets denied. I thought he got stick check, but apparently he did hit the post. Uh, Sharon Govich eventually recovers the puck and hits another post. Mm-hmm. So you're, it's a one nothing game at this point. So you're agonizing because it's like, that's the goal guys. How well, we're we looking, it? we're looking at the 2013, 14 devils at that point who hit more posts than any team. Uh, I mean, this isn't true and I haven't fact checked this, but I'm pretty confident they hit at more posts than any team in right. history, or at least that's what it felt like uh, because right. that team was so ridiculously unlucky and you're seeing it now, but they're rewarded for their efforts. And Nico Heischer gets his long overdue power play goal. Yes. And this one was another broken play where at one point the power play literally stood still, Dan, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, I understand lots of teams, one run one, three, one power play formations, but Mark Recchi decides, uh, I want to be a statuesque power play as opposed to, you know, all these successful teams that, you know, have guys rotating and moving and, you know, getting the other team to change, but the devils did get a break where, uh, uh a missed shot by Dougie Hamilton bounces off the end boards, bounces right to where he sure is, pots it in on Tokarski's flank and uh, credit to the devils. They continue to attack after the goal. So very happy for Heischer. Uh, he had a post against Chicago in game one, as mentioned, he had a goal literally denied by less than a 10th of a second against mm-hmm. Seattle. He had the one disallowed goal earlier in the Buffalo game. Lots of fans are starting to get on Heischer because with Hughes out, understandably so the pressure is now more on the other number one uh, draft pick who plays center, you know, the captain of the team, the guy making 7.25 million on the cap um, Mm. expecting him to provide the production. And it's like, well, he sure had a really good game. The underlying numbers were showing that he was going to get something and he got something. So credit to him and uh, credit to the rest of the team for continuing tech, looking for that second goal in regulation, as opposed to just hanging out. Um, I will say as a criticism, the devil settled for a lot of bad shots in this game. Like they took 37 on, or I'm sorry, 39 on Tokarski. Uh, but some of those shots were like really good shots. And some of them were like, the guys worked really hard to set up a 50 foot to 60 foot prayer from Subban or Siegenthaler or, or Hamilton um, that wasn't going to get to the net and it didn't. So, but Hey, uh, they forced overtime and we got to see some magic in overtime again, Dan. And Severson and Smith, um, this was Smith's first game back in the lineup and he was missed. His presence was missed, especially paired with Damon Severson, who had been on his offhand in the Washington game and looked very uncomfortable doing so. And so they, you know, in overtime, Severson makes a drop pass after drawing two defenders to him to an open Pavel Zaka, who basically took it from the Ovizoid and just shot from there um, with a shot that went, in between the glove and the pad, it was, it was a really, really nice shot from Zaka. And we know oh, he's yeah. capable of doing that. And uh, you can see it on all their faces. Oh, thank God we won that game. What a relief. And we were saying it before, or we were saying it with last week's podcast where, you know, 
good teams find ways to win games even when they don't play well and bad teams find ways to lose games like that and so the fact that it's been leaning better for the devils in that regard is encouraging but again this was a schedule win buffalo had played the night before this is something that you know they came to new jersey and they're they're traveling so while i'm excited that the devils have been banking early points as they should and they should be able to do so again we're recording this on monday they play the flames tomorrow or tuesday or you know today when this is posted this should be another schedule win for the devils the flames are on a long road trip who are playing the rangers tonight this is the kind of thing where even you know look at disregarding the team's talent every part of the situation points to the fact that the devils will be more rested points to the fact the devils will be more aware and so they have to take advantage of that early this is another one of those games where it's the last game of the devils long homestand to open the season but how will they take this show on the road how will they perform when they don't have the advantageous matchups well we're going to find out very soon because they'll play their first road game on saturday and uh, they're playing against a pittsburgh team now again the devils don't have jack hughes i can confidently tell you the Pittsburgh Penguins fans do not want to hear any complaints or excuses or whining about injuries as Pittsburgh has been without Sidney Crosby of Jenny Malkin. Chris Letang had a COVID protocol issue in their most recent game. And Jake Uh, Gensel. Jake Gensel, Brian Rust, Jeff Carter was on on the list for a bit, but, and, and then they went, they hosted Toronto and absolutely creamed them seven to one. Like the mm-hmm. old joke is from, from the athletic, from Dom Lushishin and Sean Gentile is that they got Mark Donk and Derek Flubitz and, and, and you look them up and you go, how do they have 47 points? I don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. And it's a credit to Pittsburgh's organization. It's a credit to their scouting. It's a credit to how they identify what skill sets need to play off of in the systems that uh, Mike Sullivan, who's doing a hell of a job as a coach, obviously, but not just getting guys to say, okay, Crosby will carry you. You'll be done with it. It's like, no, no, no. If Crosby's not here, you can still take care of business, even if, you know, you you've never been a premier player or you've never had that opportunity or you're Evan Rodriguez. And we're just kind of hoping and praying you're going to do well for a couple of weeks and, or and- you're Drew O'Connor coming out of Dartmouth uh, all, by way of Chatham, New Jersey. And, uh, you know, he, he's looking like a stud, you know, and this is the devil's to everything to do you know, it's their first road game, but it's also the first of a back-to-back, which right. I don't know how they go from Saturday to Tuesday to then Saturday, Sunday. It doesn't make much sense, and I'm really not sure what's going on with the scheduling so far to start this year for New Jersey. But as much as I talked about it last week when they were about to play the Kraken, at that point, Boston had only played one game all season. Yep. So I don't really know what the disparity is all about so far this year. But um, obviously, you know, the schedules have more schedulers have more insight into that than I would, but yeah, it's I don't know. Typically it's typically related test. to like rink. It's sometimes related to rink availability. Keep in mind, there's some other issues at hand that you have to keep in mind. Like it's never just the devils alone. You have to yeah, keep yeah. concerned with like, of course the Islanders, for example, they're on the road until the middle of November. Mm-hmm. Um, some teams have been on the road uh, extensively um, for the devils. It's the opposite. They've been, they started at home, obviously Pittsburgh is actually going to be part of a long home stand for them. Uh, Columbus has been kind of going back and forth. The Devils will get to enjoy, <laughs> for a given definition of the word, enjoy on Halloween mm-hmm. uh, for a 5 p.m. game. And Columbus is, has proven that they're not going to be doormats either. And they've always given the Devils trouble. And then after that, Dan, they get to go to California for the week. And mm-hmm. spoiler alert, San Jose at the very tail end of it, they've had a good start to the season. And these trips in California are never easy. It's uh, it's at least three games in five days as opposed to four, but but it's still three straight road games. Um, 
and then you get to enjoy again for another given definition of the word enjoy yeah. against a really 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 good florida panthers team after they come back from california so the schedule is picking up so to your point dan it's good that the devils are banking points against in these quote-unquote schedule wins against I'll say it lesser opposition. Mm -hmm. uh, if we want the devils to be a better hockey team, these are the teams they need to be beating. And, yep. you know, even it wasn't ugly, even though there's some good underlying stuff and not so good other underlying stuff, they got the W's and um, hopefully the devils are learning from these W's and um, will try to do their best against a good Calgary team uh, on Tuesday and a Pittsburgh team that definitely knows how to take care of business without their all-stars on Saturday and then Columbus, uh, good luck, guys, because that Columbus team is still – Oliver Bjorkstrand still scares me, Dan. He's yeah. still Oliver Bjorkstrand. And Boone Jenner is probably going to score a power play goal. I mean, That's at least does, Cam Dan. Atkinson's not there anymore. At least – No, but Jacob, but Jacob Voracek is there. Yeah, but Atkinson was the one who I'm, – I'm pretty – like, this is one of those statistics that I'm going to say again that I'm pretty sure is not true if you actually looked it up but feels very true. I'm pretty sure he scored in every single game he ever played against the Devils. And uh, that, again, definitely not true, but definitely something that feels like it could be true and was true for a while on Atkinson's end. So, yeah, a well, familiar in, foe. In any case, there are plenty of problems on Columbus. We'll see if the Devils can excise some of those problems on a day that is best known for scariness and demons and yada, yada, yada. But we do have some positive news to end this on, Dan. Mm -hmm. Positively, uh, someone who is less likely to be positive now is Mackenzie right. Blackwood. Uh, he received his first dose of the Pfizer vaccine, as reported, not by anyone affiliated with the team first, but Darren Dreger on his 30, uh, oh. 32 Thoughts. Um, no, that's no, oh, sorry, Elliot, Elliot Friedman. Friedman on his 32 Thoughts <laughs> Sportsnet, not TSN. <laughs> my bad, my bad. I live in America. It's okay. But, yeah, but no, uh, during the Friedman. Buffalo, yeah. Yeah, during the Buffalo game, he said, oh, it looks like that uh, Blackwood's going to be definitely vaccinated by the Winnipeg game. And that means he and it turns out today on Monday, we learned that uh, he did get shot number one uh, before the Buffalo game, I believe Friday day on mm -hmm. Friday. Mm -hmm. uh, and he is on track to get shot number two, which means he will not only be able to go to Canada for that uh, game in Winnipeg, but he's also staying eligible to be selected by Hockey Canada. As it was mm -hmm. revealed, he is a member of the long list for goaltenders for the Olympics. And I like to think, as much as I would love to say Nico Dawes playing well against Buffalo said, made Blackwood go, okay, I've done my research. I got to get this shot. I can't lose my yeah. job. I think, the, I think the Olympics were really the driver yeah. here because I think Hockey Canada said, you know, we could take you to Beijing, but... Yeah. We, yeah. You can't go unless you get you know what. It had to be the list reveal, right? It, the timing was just too coincidental. And knowing that his name was already on the relatively short list, I think definitely, uh, you know, sped up the motivational timeline there. So good. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's yeah. good that they'll be able to interact with him the same way as everyone else on the team. It's good that they'll be, you know, back in the fold with someone who clearly the team appreciates um, from a from a human being perspective and not as a locker room distraction for this reason and so yeah uh, and now there's only one active player in the nhl that doesn't have a vaccination any place for detroit who clearly doesn't care so yeah yeah so so that being said um you know we're looking forward to see him back and recovered from his heel injury but in the meantime uh Dawes and wedgwood will have to hold down the fort while bernier is hurt oh my god I, well there's imagine well, black blackwood and bernier are skating now they did okay. skate at practice on monday so That's good. they might 
get closer to returning, mm-hmm. which would be impressive if the Devils can get a result against Calgary, you know, with the third and fourth string keepers. Uh, and, and of course, another uh, uh, possibly another night of Mason Geertsen keeping Marion through Nietzsche out of the lineup, which I'm not a fan of. Mm-hmm. But if you can get this type of result, you feel good. You feel good going into the back to back to end October. And, um, you know, we'll see what the Devils do to start November and try to keep the results going before the schedule gets really nasty because it gets nasty in November. Mm-hmm. And, and that all being said, the, the one missing um, and very confusing and baffling case that the Devils still have remaining is Miles Wood, who has yep. seemingly suffered setback after setback. He's frustrated. The team's frustrated that he hasn't come back. And we won't have to deal with this Mason Geertsen um, little issue when Wood is back. That is his slot on the team. But for some reason, and it's still unclear what exactly is ailing him and what has been ailing him, but hoping he's able to get back soon as well. And in the meantime, uh, you know, we'll continue enjoying the uh, the next man up mentality while Jack Hughes recovers from his injury. And speaking of next man up mentality, uh, all the men that were sent down to Utica are having a good start to the season as well oh, yeah. as Utica's really jumped out of the gate quickly. And a lot of the prospects that people would want contributing to that cause are the ones contributing. So good to see there as well from the um from the comets yeah no it's always great to see that holtz is not only scoring goals but he's shooting the puck a lot which is what you want to see a player like him doing um you're seeing players getting good results early akira schmid did has started off his season very well which is another big positive it's always a good thing to see your minor league affiliate have a good start to the season because it gives you more confidence in the prospects and should God forbid be there be more injuries, it gives the it gives the parent club more options in terms of who they can call up mm-hmm. in terms of like what can you fulfill? Um, you know, I don't want to sit here and say the devil should be calling up defensemen, but if another forward goes down, Holtz is definitely more of an option. You could consider maybe an Arn Talvitai, who's had a very good start to his season as well. Maybe you even go with a vet more of a veteran like Chase DeLeo, give him an opportunity to see what he can do. Um there are other options. So keep, keep on rolling guys. And it's also good. Also another positive because it's a new market effectively for the organization in Utica. I know they had Vancouver as an affiliate. So, I mean, the fan base was there, but they can, the fans there can at least appreciate that new affiliate, but still competitive, still getting W's go watch some Utica hockey. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So as the organization continues uh, it's winning ways. Let's enjoy it while we have it. But we'll look forward to the next developments, both in New Jersey and in Utica and also around the globe as uh, the Devils continue to play games and players affiliated with the Devils continue to play games. In a busy week of Devils hockey, we appreciate you listening as always. And hopefully you're able to see the team start to come together and face on tougher challenges as the schedule picks up and as the opponents get much less friendly. So all that being said, thank you again for listening. We appreciate your time and hope you have a great rest of your day. And as always, never forget, let's go Devils. Go Devils. Talk to you soon. 